please, please, huh? a moment to reflect. Ah. Hi, everybody, and welcome to the latest episode of TMNT Minute Presents Back Issues. That's right, it's the comic book podcast by the guys who talk about the movies one minute at a time. Uh, we have a full house here today. We don't usually get all four uh, minute hosts on the same back issues episode, but we have Chris and Rachel and Adam here today. Hi, everybody. Hi. Hey. Wow. Uh, and very exciting news. Gang, I don't know if you've heard, but there's a new Ninja Turtle. Are we aware? Yes. <laughs> Am I? Am I? <laughs> Adam, you're aware of the new Ninja Turtle, aren't you? I'm I'm very aware. My Adam, Twitter's been blowing up about it lately. What would you do, Adam, if I told you that on our phone right now, all the way from sunny, exciting Rochester, New York, is the artist and part of the creative team behind that new Ninja Turtle, ladies and gentlemen, Ms. Sophie Campbell. Hey. <laughs> well, I would believe you, Scott. <laughs> we are we are happy to have you on the show. Um I was excited to learn that you are in Rochester, New York, because I, I think I, I told you over the email, I, I went to school out in Buffalo. I have family up in Rochester. I'm a Syracuse kid myself. How do you like upstate New York? Um, it's great. I mean, I was pretty much born and raised in Rochester, and um, I've lived a couple other places, but you know, I, I really feel like this is home. I'm not going anywhere. What's your favorite thing to put on a garbage plate? Oh, man. <laughs> I think I, I don't know, like, you know, lots of macaroni. I like, um, I prefer hamburger in the garbage plate over there you go. hot dogs. But if they're I'm both a, in there, that's okay, too. I think I'm with you on that. I like, I like the hamburger on the garbage plate. Scott, real quick, can you just explain to Adam what a garbage plate is? Yeah, I what, know, but what he doesn't. What the hell are you guys talking about? Right. <laughs> it's so, a so Rochester thing. Yeah, Sophie, why don't you tell us what a garbage plate is? All right. It is, it's really, it's really simple. It's just a bunch of stuff that they throw on a plate. Like, you know, t t like, uh, typically it's like macaroni, hamburger, french fries, like potato salad. And it's just all thrown together in a big pile. And that's the garbage plate. Oh. It's exactly what it sounds like. Yeah. <laughs> so, so delicate finger food. Yes. Yeah, and there's <laughs> like you know people will have like variations on it, like they'll use different types of ingredients and so forth. But and know. there's a couple, much like Adam and Rachel are based in Philly, much like there's like the good place to get cheesesteaks, like everyone's mm. got their spot. There's yeah. there's places like that in Rochester for the garbage plates. Uh -huh. uh, Nick Tahoe's <laughs> is is one of the sort I of more popular yeah. ones. Now, no offense to you guys, but I don't think that the uh, national cuisine is going to be taking garbage plates um, nationally. You don't think so? <laughs> no. Missing out, man. Good luck selling that one, guy who invented garbage plate. Man, now I, mean, I want a garbage plate. Right? The problem I mean, is that sounds great and all, but I don't know if my cardiologist is going to be okay. <laughs> yeah. In case he's listening, I don't want him to get the wrong idea that I would endorse <laughs> such a thing. Do you like penicillin on your pizza? <laughs> <laughs> um, well, you know who would love the garbage plates are the, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I think they would be big fans. And, yeah, uh, they, would th they would throw a whole pizza on top of it. Yeah, I feel like this is my opportunity, 
Sophie. I'm going to be t- you are going to be writing Ninja Turtles soon. We're going to talk about that more in depth in a little bit. But I'm making a pitch. Can we find a way to work a garbage plate into a Turtles comic? Oh, that's, man. that's my request. Yes, actually, I'm going to I'm going to put that down in my uh, ideas file right here <laughs> on, a, on a garbage can lid. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> there you go. That's kind of what I thought was a part of the meal. Well, so, you know, I can't, I can't reveal any spoilers or anything, but there are, what happens in the, you know, like leading up to 100, there is definitely an opportunity in what I'm doing for Garbage Plate. Excellent. Well, look, Adam is sort of our, our resident turtle comic expert. I sort of come from the more Mirage volume one side of things. Mm, Adam, has, Adam has been keeping up. Uh, real well with the IDW side. So Adam, I'm going to uh, take this opportunity to sort of pass the buck off to you to kind of get this interview going. Yeah, don't oversell me, Scott. I'm still like 15 issues behind. But <laughs> I, well, I, I'm still I'm reading the Northampton arc right now. Oh, which is oh, you're you know, way behind. It's a lot of Sophie stuff. I'm way behind. I did read 95, 96 today just to kind of get in a Jenica frame of mind, but. Adam, why don't you take Adam? Go, Adam. Adam, stage left. <laughs> so, so uh, spoilers to anyone who's as far behind as I am. We've we've got a new female Ninja Turtle on the team, formerly uh, the Foot Clan, I guess Head Ninja, you would call her. Yeah, she was like you know Splinter's uh, Chunin. Yeah, well, formerly wasn't she Shredder's Chunin for a while, and then. I don't think she was Shudder's tune-in because, yeah. yeah. And then when Splinter took over, she was kind of promoted. That's right, yeah. If I remember right. Sure. I mean, you would know better than I. (laughs) 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 So how did did this whole thing kind of come to be? I, I, I think I read on your Twitter that you had done the character design for this like a while ago. Yeah, it was like, yeah, like two years ago maybe, I think. Jeez. Yeah, something like that. Um, and yeah, it, it, Tom Waltz, he just emailed me out of the blue. I think he posted our um, original email exchange about it on Twitter. So you can go, go read that if you want. Highly recommend checking that out. That was fascinating. <laughs> but uh, tell, tell the story. This is interesting. Um, yeah, so I don't, I don't remember. God, what was I doing in 2017? Was that when Karai's Path came out? The, Adam? Uh, my, <laughs> my my TMNT universe arc with about Karai in Japan. Oh right, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was about that was about then. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because that was 2017, and then the Leo macro issue was 2018. Um. So yeah, so I think I was working on that, and Tom kind of emailed me out of the blue, and he's like, "Hey, you know, I haven't I haven't told anybody else this, but." I'm writing up a proposal for a female turtle, like a fifth turtle for the group. And, you know, I was like, you know, all about it, obviously. And he gave me the rundown about like what he wanted to do. And he wanted me to do like character designs and like come up with her, you know, like signature weapon or whatever. So he would have something to show um, our editor, Bobby and the Nickelodeon people. And so I did a bunch of sketches and drawings and stuff to, excuse me, to like, you know, so Tom would have like a, like a pitch presentation rather than, 
you know, just showing up to the meeting and be like, hey, gang, how about a girl turtle? He would have like. He's like showing up with a fully fleshed out idea. Right. Yeah. He would have like, you know, here's what she would look like, blah, blah, blah. Here's what she looks like with the group and so forth. And yeah, so that's what I did. And um, I remember there was like, there was like a, like a week or two where before the meeting was supposed to happen. And I was just kind of like, you know, like I wasn't even present for the meeting, but I was just kind of like pacing. I was like, oh my God. like a like a a father waiting for his child to be born in the old days, just smoking a cigar and pacing like, back oh, and forth. Are they gonna hate it? You know, like uh, yeah. So yeah, like I was just fully prepared for them to be like, "Well, that's stupid." You know? Now, before like, they even like before we even get to the yes or no, whether they liked it or not, keep the audience in suspense. But you had. If I'm not mistaken, you had dabbled with the idea of a female turtle even before this, right? Yeah, yeah, years before. Yeah, you had done some designs for, was it Dark Horse, or was that kind of your own thing you were doing? Um, oh, that's a whole other story. Uh, <laughs> man, that one, that one still bites me in the ass to this day. Oh, let's hear both. <laughs> All right. You had like, you had like a tell- fan fiction turtle thing, right? Yes, I have a, yeah, for, um, I haven't forgotten about it. I haven't updated it in a few years. Um, but in my fan comic, which is a retelling of Secret of the Ooze. Perfect. Um, that ties yeah, into our show real nicely. <laughs> yeah. That's what we're talking about right now. <laughs> there is, yes, there's, you know, there's a fifth turtle who, in, in my version, she was just always there. You know, she didn't show up out of nowhere or join the group later. She was just always there. And her name is Artemisia. Hmm. Um, after the uh, the late uh, Renaissance, early uh, Baroque artist. And yeah, so, you know, so I had been working with this character and doing designs and stuff for her. And, you know, she's in a bunch of the comic I have posted already. And um it was always kind of just like, wow, wouldn't it be cool if I could get Artemisia in the <laughs> in the IDW book in some in some form? And so when Tom uh, contacted me about it, like you know, like Artemisia and Jenica are, are completely different characters, but I was like, you know, like I was ready, like I just knew exactly <laughs> what to do. Um, and you know, co- uh, coincident, uh, you know, total uh, uh, coincidence. They both have yellow as their color. I mean, not that that's a huge coincidence. I mean, there aren't many colors. So many colors to, to choose from. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it just it just like really came together. Um, there wasn't any moment where someone was like, someone in an office in a suit was like, "Why can't it be a pink turtle?" That didn't happen, <laughs> did it? Tell me no. Not that, not that I know of. I don't think. Yeah, Tom and I like never talked about. Okay, pink. okay. Um, I'm wiping the yeah. sweat off my brow on that one. And plus, and and plus, like you know, pink. That's that's Mona Lisa's color. Also and, true. Good point. Yeah, you can't just give it. I mean, she she was only in one episode of the old show with a pink scarf, but. Oh God, I forgot about Mona Lisa. <laughs> yeah, if she ever did show up, <laughs> she she got the pink. She could show up. She could. Who knows? I know. Now that I'm in charge. Ha ha ha. Oh, man. So, so you've done all this like fan 
exercise like you've done this secret of use uh god i want to talk about that so much too I'll, we'll come right back around to that but tom's in the meeting he's pitching this idea you're pacing around let's pick it up from there what happens next um i mean since i wasn't present for the meeting like the only thing i really was like the only thing i knew about it was you know tom emailed me or whatever like like after it was over and he was like, yeah, they really dug it. And then that was the end of it. You know, was, was, <laughs> was Kevin in that meeting too, Eastman? Um, I believe so. Yeah. I think, wow. I think it was uh, no pressure. Yeah. That's nuts. <laughs> well, Kevin, you know, Kevin is, he's really, you know, very Zen about stuff like that. And I don't, I think there's very little, that he would be like, that's stupid. Listen, he's a guy that came on our show and fully admitted to liking pineapple pizza, so I know nothing scares him. (laughs) Yeah, I like pineapple pizza too. See, there you go. Another one. (laughs) Everybody likes pineapple pizza. We've been wrong this whole time. This whole time. It's it's us that's crazy, not the rest of the world. What's not to like about it? I don't get it. (laughs) So with these these character designs, was there a lot of um, iteration or did you just kind of give them your... Or did they just kind of take what what you initially gave them? Like, were there any notes back and forth? Were there was there any pushback? Um, I think the only thing that we changed was in the first couple of drawings I did of her, I gave her uh, three toes instead of the usual two because I was like, well, she you know she used to be human. Maybe she's like a little different. She's got you know three toes and Fair she's. Point. You know, yeah, know. she's not a purely mutated turtle. Right. It doesn't make any sense or whatever, but I mean, no, not that not that two toes make any more or a, less. None of it makes sense. It's okay. <laughs> so, so yeah, my first couple of drawings had two had uh, three toes. And we I can't remember how we decided, but we we decided it was just like too confusing. And that she should just have two toes like the other turtles. <laughs> That's kind of a funny a funny <laughs> argument to have. I mean, if it were a black and white comic book, I feel like it would almost be necessary. Like, what do you mean? Speaking for the completely colorblind, it helps. But that's right. <laughs> <laughs> True, Chris. Well, like back in the day in the Mirage books when it was, you know, all the turtles were, you know, looked exactly the same. Any scene where they didn't have weapons, it was, you know, dealer's choice as to which one you were looking at. I feel like. Um, well, I'm going to disagree. Really? Uh... <laughs> In the early Mirage books? I don't think it's that difficult. Like, you can tell by what they're saying. Well, I mean, contextually, yeah, I'm talking, I mean, purely visual. Well, I mean, there's, there's definitely, they, I mean, they did a good job of, of guiding the reader to the correct sort of character. Um, I was just, listen, this is a very convoluted way to say, I like the idea of three toes. That's what I'm getting at. (laughs) Uh, It worked for the Nickelodeon show. I still kind of like the three toes. Um, just, you know, to give it something a little different, but, um, I mean, you know, generally I prefer the two toes because they look like ninja socks. Oh, I never thought of it that way. Yeah. The tabby split toed socks. So that's why I like the two toes, but you should just try to sneak it in every now and again, like one panel. She has three toes. (laughs) (laughs) Cool. So you did these designs and they're sitting around and this is like, God, you're talking two, two years ago. Yeah, because I think it was, I think it was like the summer of 2017. I think. And now, had, were you doing? You're, you're drawing Ninja Turtle books while you're doing this, and you're like 
clearly not able to like leave any clues or do anything. You have this character that's sort of just like marinating there, knowing that it's gonna sh- like. What does that do to you, knowing that that's gonna pop up at any minute? Like, um, well, like I didn't, you know, I knew it was gonna be a while before you know she would actually be mutated and, and show up. Um, but I don't know, you know, I could still show this, the, you know, the drawings like secretly to my to my friends or whatever. So uh, it was like they were completely some, secret. Some very <laughs> trusting friends. Yeah, I, I would not be able to keep that a secret. Like yeah. you'd have to take social media away from me. Yeah. Well, then nobody's <laughs> going to tell you anything. Yeah, no, don't don't tell me any secrets about your comics that are coming up because I'm going to tell everybody. That's what I just can't I can't handle that kind of pressure. Audience, shh. <laughs> so, what did it feel like um, when when it's out? When we see that last couple panels of Turtles '95, and you see the the transformation happening. Which, by the way, uh, if I'm not mistaken, it's not your artwork. It's someone else drawing Jenica. Yeah, Dave public. Wachter did that issue, I believe. Yeah, but yeah. do you feel like a sense of like, is there like a paternal thing there, or like, do you do you wish that you were the one that got to put her out there in the world first, or are you just like super excited to get that character out there? Um, we had talked about me drawing those those couple of issues, and like I was gonna do at one point. We had talked about me doing part of City at War. And I couldn't, I couldn't do it because of scheduling. Like it was just too tight with um, like other stuff I was working on. Um, But I don't know. Yeah. uh, I feel like, I feel like I would, I feel like Dave drawing the, um, the actual mutation part, you know, is, is fine. But I do kind of wish that I was the one drawing the issue where she like, you know, like suits up or whatever you want to call it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that montage. first appearance. You know, that that's the that's the collector issue. That, you know. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. Like you know, there was I don't I don't I think it's issue ninety seven or something, which isn't out. But you know, there's like you know you know like fourteen different Jenica covers or something. Wow. <laughs> like yeah, IDW loves their variant covers. And like I didn't. And like you know, I didn't get to do any Jenica covers. So like, I was like, what, what gives? Um, do um, you, oh, sorry, go ahead. Uh, no, but yeah. So it's like, I didn't even get to do a cover with her on it. So yeah, it kind of sucks, but it's also nice knowing like, well, you know, I'm going to, you know, take over at issue <laughs> 101 and I feel like I'm going to be the one who like really, um, kind of like sets her like status quo or whatever because it you know there's like uh there's so much going on in in city at war and i've read i've read tom's like outline going through like 100 like issue 100 you know so i know what happens and everything and you know, it's it's just like a fucking whirlwind. It's like like I read this outline and I was just like exhausted after I read it. Like it's great, but you know, there's no there's no like time to pause 
and really dig into Jenica, you know, because there's everybody's dying, everything's exploding, and <laughs> I, I wanted to mention that because we we talked about uh, Bebop and Rock City destroy everything on a previous episode with our friend Ralph Adonasia. Um, he always says it, that the IDW comics can be kind of a bummer because there's just always bad things happening. And like, <laughs> it's, it's true. They never get just like a day to play baseball or like, I know. Um, yeah. They never get a goddamn break. <laughs> but just a the, chance to go out and grab a garbage plate. <laughs> <laughs> right. But the, that's what I've always loved so much about the, um, the Northampton story arc is they kind of finally get a chance to just recharge and we get a, a little bit more drama into the characters themselves without them being beaten over the head constantly. And I, I, I loved that story arc. I like the color work. I like all of the, the, I don't know. I'm a fall person. So it kind of, kind of <laughs> grabbed me. Adam's an autumn. Yes. I'm an autumn. Yeah. Um, I'm looking through the Northampton book right now. And the one thing that catches my eye is you draw the turtles without masks a lot. And I yeah, love it. I love, I love doing that. I'm glad. Like we, we so rarely see that, you know, Kevin and Peter did it a little bit back in the day. Jim Lawson did it a little bit in, in volume one and also volume four. Um, but you have this way of drawing them without their masks on that is, it makes them so childlike. There's like, you really get the sense that they're, they're kids in all of this, whereas sometimes the turtles can feel like they're, you know, much older than teenagers. Like, 30 something murder machines. They look like they're about 13, <laughs> 14 years old in these comics. And it really, like, it, it makes you feel for them in some of these frames where it's a little bit more pensive and contemplative. Yeah, I think, I don't, I don't remember where, I mean, yeah, like you're saying, there's like some, like, like occasionally in um, some of the early comics, they don't wear masks or whatever. But I can't remember like where I got the thing where I draw the masks like around their neck, you know, like which I love yeah, hang or whatever. Like, I don't know if I invented that or if I stole that from some other it Mirage almost, artist that I'm just blanking on. I don't, I don't remember it showing up in the Mirage series like that. Cause usually if they don't have their masks in Mirage, they just don't have them. Like the Michelangelo right. one shot issue, the, the winter issue, yeah. he doesn't have a mask for the whole thing, but it's just gone. Um, yeah. But like, it, in um, God, what is, what's the the Leonardo uh, one shot? Oh, the yeah, yeah, the issue where, whatever ten you know, and a half or whatever. Yeah, like the other turtles are just kind of hanging around the apartment doing Christmas stuff, and like yeah, nobody has a mask. Right. But then, but then toward the end, they're like, oh shit, we better go look for Leo, and and they start putting on their masks, but they just right. kind of like mate- like materialize, and then he comes flying somewhere. through a window. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but I like it looks like they're wearing big comfy sweaters when you put the masks around their neck like that, like just nice cozy yeah. turtlenecks. Yeah, it adds to that kind of fall theme of Northampton, like, you know, sweater weather. Yeah, um, definitely. And and Northampton is also just one of those iconic things in the turtle universe. Like what did it what was it like to get to play in that sandbox? Like they're like, Hey, we're gonna be on this Northampton arc and you know it from Mirage, you know it from the movie. Like it's it's the thing they do Northampton in everything. And now you get to do it. What's that like? <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's what got me back to drawing turtles. Cause like after, after I did the Leo issue, which was like not fun for me. Um, 
I, you know, I didn't want to work on it at Turtles anymore because I was like too much of a fan. I was too close to it. Yeah. You know, and like I get, you know, I get really, you know, like, like really fussy. And, <laughs> you know, if, if somebody wanted something changed, you know, I'd be like, how dare you? Oh, <laughs> I am an authority on this. Yeah, stuff like that. Yeah, it's like I just yeah. I couldn't handle it. Yeah, too and precious. Then, yeah, it's too precious. Absolutely. Yeah. And but when Bobby was like, "Hey, you know, we're doing Northampton," that, that's like my favorite turtles like trope or whatever. Um, I just like I couldn't I couldn't say no, so I had to do it. Um, and yeah, you know, it turned out pretty good. There were a few bumps, but was there, it was definitely awesome. Was there anything that you threw in there as kind of like a wink? Like, I mean, I'm I'm just skimming through it now, but it looks like the house is like the house straight out of the movie almost. Um, I, I don't, I don't know. I actually, because in, I, I think in the Mirage comics, the house was like pretty simple. It was just kind of like, yeah, really boxy, but, um, I wanted to design like a, a whole new house. So like I built I built this model in like SketchUp in 3D so I could like rotate it around and wow. stuff. Oh, that's awesome. Um so it would be the same like every time it shows up. Um that's some dedication. Yeah, so yeah, it was cool. Um Is I, that like a typical thing that comic book artists do if you're doing like background shots of an interior of a building? Like do you have a reference that you work from or you just, like that, um, I mean, it just it just depends, I think. Yeah. Like I think some artists they can wing it. Sometimes I wing it. Um like a lot of the in, the interiors in the farmhouse in Northampton I just made up. Okay. You know, like I was like, okay, here here's a fireplace, whatever. Um, like I didn't have any reference for that, but okay, um, gotcha. But for the yeah, for the exteriors, I had that model that I would like position and then trace over and like add details and stuff. Um, yeah, it just depends. Nifty. Um, I wonder if we can let's can we rewind a bunch here? You you talked about how you found some of this stuff to be a little too precious or you're a little too close to it. Let's talk about what got you into turtles. Like, what was the first thing that like. Ooh. When when someone says Ninja Turtles, like what's your earliest memory? What's the first thing that got you into it? Um, the Palladium uh, Ninja Turtles RPG from 1985. Oh, wow. wow! I think wow. you're the second person that said that. Someone else, I think, that we talked to, one of our weekly guests, might have said that too. Um, that was like, was that the one with like the little pewter figures or? Uh, no, it was published by, uh, Palladium Games, and it was oh, okay. like, you know, it was like a Dungeons and Dragons thing. Gosh, gotcha, gotcha. Um, the miniatures, I think, were mail-aways in, like, oh, the you're right. comics. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that's the first thing you heard Ninja Turtles? Um, and, and no. That... <laughs> I had, God, I'm trying to remember. Um. Like, do you come like, more you know, the, from the comics the, or the cartoon or well, like the cartoon was going on i think at that time like you know like 1989 or something like that right um and i remember like i wasn't like super into the cartoon i was more into the toys okay and i remember i bought donatello which is my first turtle and uh you know like i wasn't i don't know it was cool, but I wasn't like, you know, like 
really excited until a friend of mine, he had this Palladium um, uh, RPG book and the cover, you know, the, the cover was like, um, like an Eastman and Laird painting with, you know, they all had the red masks and everything. And like, right. You know, Shredder was there, like Casey was on the cover and everything. And I was just like, whoa, like, what are these turtles? And that is what really got me into it. And then I got really into the the uh, Mirage comics. I took my um, my turtles toys and I painted their masks all red. Amazing! <laughs> That's awesome. That's amazing. <laughs> I think I was like the only ten year old. Yeah, you know, drawing like the red masks. Or whatever. All your friends are like, "Why do you have so many Raphaels?" Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Why is everybody a Raphael? <laughs> but yeah, that's that's the thing that really got me into it was that RPG. I still have my old books. I got a couple of them signed by Kevin. Um, wow. I have I have the old uh, first edition where being gay is a type of insanity. Uh, it's so good. Oh my. Oh, okay. Wow. <laughs> nice. Okay. <laughs> they they removed from the, from the revised edition. <laughs> Um, so you became like, would you say, were you like a fanatic? Have you been into turtles? Like from that point on, did you follow the movies and all the different iterations and stuff? Um, yeah, I was into like, I liked the first movie, but as a kid, I was like, I was like kind of a purist, you know, like I remember when the second movie came out, I was just like, it's just like the cartoon. It's stupid. (laughs) Sophie, I really think you would enjoy our podcast. You should give it a listen when you get some free time, you know, ever. I should. Yeah. It sounds pretty good. Um, Um, a lot of people sort of feel the same way, us included. Uh, but you get through the first movie, second movie, third movie. Did you stick with it during that lull from like 93 to 2000? One? No, not really. I didn't. Um, I didn't like, you know, forsake the turtles and I still have all my old Mirage issues and everything. Um, But yeah, like, you know, I didn't, I didn't really watch the original cartoon. I didn't. um, I remember the original show, I would only watch the episodes where uh, Michelangelo and Kahlo would do like romantic stuff. Aww. That was like <laughs> that was the thing I was like really into. And whenever there was an episode that didn't have Kala in it, I'd be like, ah, forget it. She's only in like three episodes. <laughs> I know, I know, exactly. Yeah, exactly. But I was like super into like, you know, the turtles having crushes and stuff. Aww. Um, so you must have loved the Nickelodeon series. Uh I liked some of it. <laughs> I watched that, I watched um the first season and half of the second one and then I gave up. Oh, okay. It, it kind of goes on for a while, but they ended on such a high note, like with those tales of the TMNT oh, episode. Yeah, yeah I hear here. they're yeah, I hear they're pretty cool. Um I don't know. The yeah, you know, the Nickelodeon show, I didn't like how they treated April in that Fair. show. Yeah. That was that a huge turnoff for me. Like how she was just a crush? You know, yeah, she was of. just a crush, and she was so like plot, like narratively expendable that there'd be episodes where she wasn't even in it. She would just vanish while the turtles were dealing with like some like mutant monkey or something. <laughs> and then the next episode, she'd turn up and be like, "Hey guys, I have psychic powers. Now we're on my plot again." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's that's accurate. That's that's fair. Uh, I, yeah, I hated it. 
I, I mean, April stuff. is is kind of a sticking point throughout the franchise. Like we were, we've been talking in Turtles too about how in Secret of You she's very sort of relegated to a background role. Yeah, um, but barely then again, in, in Turtles Three, which we'll get to at some point, you know, she's like the main. Yeah, she's Plot in point. it again. Yeah. And then in Judith Hogue in the first movie is freaking fantastic. Uh, like April in that first her. movie is so love good. Love her. Yeah, yeah, she's great. Um, um yeah, so, and I feel like yeah, so, you know, I'm not I'll try not to like rant about this forever, but like I feel like each I haven't seen the new cartoon Rise of the Turtles or whatever, but like I feel like <sighs> with each successive like iteration of turtles it's kind of starting to swing back around now i feel like but i feel like like april gets worse and worse and the franchise is more and more sexist toward her as a character um all right like you know like like original mirage april it, you know she's not you know the turtles aren't like oh hubba hubba like <laughs> look at the bo- look at the boobs on that you know they're, it's not like that at all and then, that's true i don't remember that from the original run right <laughs> like you know the original the original cartoon you know she is like very active in that cartoon she's like a major part of that show right true and then Often, like, often then, a little damsely, but is is very yes, present. Yes, very present. That's, rather. Yeah, that's true. But like, even when she's damsely in that old show, it's it's because she's like trying to get a scoop. You know, she's like Lois Lane in that old show or something. Yeah, it's a good comparison. <laughs> yeah. She's like a force in that old show, and I feel like you know. Now we're you know the the 2012 show. She's like, like what is she? And that I don't know, in that show, and the like, you know, like Donatello, he's like so gross order in that show. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's odd. Yeah, and they're like, like I remember, I think one of the episodes that made me stop watching was like, I can't remember the plot, but like April, you know, she gets kidnapped or whatever, and she gets tied up and like suspended above like acid or something, <laughs> and the way she's tied up. It just looks like a BDSM thing and like her ass is sticking out and there's like all these like ass shots of her. Mm. I'm just like, I was like, what is this? What's happening in this child, this children's show? We've been trying to watch to watch through the two. 2012 series again and it, we got up to this one episode where donnie had like a flow chart of how to yeah have alone time with april yeah and he had like every permutation of any possible <laughs> scenario it's like this is uh it's like how to manipulate yeah. april into like foregoing consent or whatever. Yeah, and, <laughs> yeah. and i mean you sort of dismiss it because they're kids but on the other hand it's like you're gonna be adults someday like and it's written by adults yeah. like this is an adult's idea yeah, yeah. some dude who was like hmm i remember that flowchart i made <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it didn't work then but in my narrative it will he, he shared it on some on some incel uh forum <laughs> yeah, absolutely yeah like that's what that's what 2012 donnie felt like kind of yeah if he was a human if he was a human character he'd have like a fedora and a neck beard yeah just like this kind of gross like nerd <laughs> the donatello system like the dentist system <laughs> <laughs> milady i never watched the um i never watched the 2003 cartoon 
but April's actually pretty well done in that show. I've been watching through that recently. I remember she has her design. She's got this like crop top or something. So it's like, what the fuck? Isn't she it's, like like 30 years old or something? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, a very, it's a very like late 90s, early yeah. 2000s sort of fashion choice for a, a lady character. Yeah. And she's got like jen- like like Jenko jeans or something. Yeah. <laughs> a wallet with a chain. She's just a skater boy, all right? Uh, it's the worst. And then actually it's kind of it's kind of ironic that like um like Megan Fox April like isn't that bad except in the first movie, you know, the first Platinum Dunes movie, you know, like there's that the like Michelangelo like getting a boner joke over April and stuff. So it's like, <laughs> yeah, it's like you just it's like it, you can't win. That Michael one, Bay can't help himself. That <sighs> one bugs me because it, like, Megan Fox is mostly good in the first movie, and then I feel like the to me the thing is that bugs me in the second movie when they do the whole like I'm gonna like magically turn myself into a schoolgirl to spy on yeah, Baxter Stockman. That whole yeah, thing bothered me, but yeah, that's horrible. Oh, she's pretty good in the rest of the movie, but yes, you know, like a former head of uh, disguise for the CIA was actually impressed by that. You know, like BuzzFeed does those stupid things where like <laughs> experts di- uh, dissect things in movie. No, no, seriously, they had a woman. Uh, I can't remember her name, but she was head of disguise for the CIA for over a decade, and she was married to the guy who's um. The they boot they based that movie Argo off of you know where they get the people out of Iran and so she, as the head of disguise they had her like you know go over a bunch of uh, like movies like scenes and she's like actually like as as much as it's hard to ignore Megan Fox what she manages to do in Union Station where she's like walking through the scene and and sort of changing herself with what she has on she does a very good job of it she and took off oh, an entire I, pair of pants in yeah. like <laughs> half a second yeah that's yeah. my <laughs> biggest problem there yeah. like how does that happen. She's a hell of a reporter. Unless, Lord. Unless they're those tearaway basketball <laughs> pants. Yeah, I don't know how she did that. Just Magic Johnson ripaway pants. <laughs> Hard work and practice. Where she, where she like, they were leggings and she just like ripped them. I don't know. Go-go gadget pants. Yeah. <laughs> Impossible yeah. fashion makes me angry. <laughs> um. Yeah, agreed. So all of this fascinating i love yeah, hearing that was a that was a huge uh tangent there uh, oh my god the <laughs> subtitle for our show is we do the tangents so don't worry about it the show um, is a tangent yeah it's fine. tangent mutant ninja turtles am i right no <laughs> that's, how, that's how we managed to have like 40 minute conversations about one minute worth of film <laughs> this is true that's true that's a- um <laughs> So I was going to ask artistically, you said you were a big fan of the the Eastman and Laird books. Like, when did you start drawing? When did the whole, like, I'm going to be an artist thing crop up? And what things sort of influenced you the most? Even non-Turtles stuff. Like, what was what was your um, fodder for artistic creativity? Uh, Calvin and Hobbes is the other big one besides those old Turtles comics. Nice. Love Calvin and Hobbes. Yeah. There's, like, and- Calvin and Hobbes people, and then there's Peanuts people. Yeah. yeah, I never, I never a, got into peanuts. I'm a peanuts yeah. person, and I've oh, always wanted you? to get into Calvin and Hobbes, and I just never seem to get around to it. Uh-huh. Calvin and Hobbes was one of those things where I first learned that you could do comedic timing in comics. Yeah, like <laughs> he does those like pause panels so well. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, that was a that's a good comic. So did um, you just start like drawing Calvin and Hobbes stuff as a kid, and like, like, yeah, like what was I what was your I guess what I'm asking is like, what was your route into the industry? Um, 
I think I think Turtles was more of a route into the industry than Calvin was, because um, like that was like, you know, Turtles was like you know like my first love or whatever, and um, I, I I I feel like I absorbed a lot of like the pacing in some of those early issues. Mm-hmm. Just like you know, there's like a lot of yeah, there's like action and stuff, but there's a lot of stuff where. Like, even in, like, the New York City stuff where they just kind of, like, they just have, like, a nice, like, pause. Right. You know, yeah, there's just, you know, there's a lot of nice, like, pause panels. Um, Well, I mean, that Leonardo one-shot is another great example of, like, not only, like, an interesting way to tell a story, but the way they pace it out over the 20-whatever pages it is. Because it's those two... It's the turtle story on the top half of the pages and then the Leo story in the bottom half. And they're both going on simultaneously. No, it's, it's reversed. Oh, sorry. But it's one and the other. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. I'm not slipping anything by you today, am I? <laughs> <laughs> um, but we should have I mean, studied. <laughs> I know. But I was going to say, but it's, it's evident in, you know, I'm, I'm curious to see more of the stuff that you're going to be writing because your artwork, you do a great job pacing wise with the artwork and like you know it's very cinematic the way you draw like i'm opening to a page in northampton and it's like the exterior of the uh the the farm and then it pulls into a group shot and then you do like these over over two shot kind of like it's a very like cinematic way to tell the story and it leads the the viewer through very easily and like it's there's you don't take up too much space you know you're not over drawing stuff you're not under drawing like the drawings are you know i i love simple line work to me like one of my favorite artists is bruce tim and you have a kind of you know you don't over cross hatch and ink and all that stuff like it's just it's it's great i love it it's just the the cleanliness of your line work yeah is amazing um um, I, think, I like, like the way you draw think, turtles. I use a lot of words to say <laughs> a few things sometimes. I was thinking about um, another another issue, which was uh, uh, issue fifty, the first mm-hmm. part in the Mirage City at War, where right. it's just silent. There's like no words throughout the, the entire issue. Yeah. Um, and yeah, stuff like that. I think, like really informs what I do. Not not just with turtles, but like my own stuff, right? There's just like a lot of just like you know, you let things kind of unfold or something and it's not it's like not rushed and a lot of like uh a lot of the old turtles art it's like really it's like really straightforward and it just like the storytelling goes down smooth like a milkshake or something. It's like yeah. you never get confused. It's never like super flashy. You know, it's like always like really clear, which I like. Um, so you don't find yourself backtracking like what happened? <laughs> right. Yeah. It's just like, like, what is this panel? Like, what's this character doing? I don't know. Um, so with like, yeah, the stuff that you, that you were talking about with like, I don't know, like the cinematic uh, feel to it, I guess, is is like me, like, I don't know. It's like when I draw that stuff, I think about like, like what's not confusing. <laughs> you know, because like, I don't know, like, I don't know if I'm just dumb or, or like dense or something, but like, 
you know, like a lot of times when I read comics, I'm just kind of confused all the time. I get that way with X-Men a lot. Like X-Men, <laughs> it's there's so much they're trying to throw at you at once and they're trying to do it all at once. It's like, I have no idea what's happening. Like, I feel like my eyes start to cross. Yeah. <laughs> they just, you know, or, or they pick like, you know, like camera angles that are confusing. Just like, why did you, why did you pick that angle? Why not just have, can't we just like look at the character or something? <laughs> yeah do we have to look up his nose (laughs) there's just a lot of like confusing stuff um and i try to just like keep it really clear well you Um, do a good job at it it's it's really easy to to follow along on and it's one of the reasons i'm looking forward to you know 100 and beyond in the idw arc um what was your first like industry gig uh god i did I did some fill-in stuff on Hopeless Savages, which is an Oni Press series, okay. way back in like 2002 or something like that. I think it was. And and how did so you I, get that? Like, how does one go from just like oh, I like to draw stuff to I'm doing this professionally? Um, I went to a lot of conventions because you know there was no Twitter back then, so you can't really, you couldn't really like hit up editors online back then. True. Um, Give me your aim handle. Right. <laughs> I went to a lot of conventions. I I made friends with the Oni people. I, uh, you know, I followed a uh, writer Jen Van Meter around like a lost puppy. Um, yeah, and I just you know it's just like hey, here's my stuff. Look, you know, it's just that kind of that kind of thing. And eventually, you know, I got some work. That's tough work. I tried that a little bit when I was in college and trying to trying to do art, and it's discouraging because a lot of people, I mean, uh, people can be really kind of cruel <laughs> when you're when you're putting your art out there. So that's that's that takes a lot of courage. Um, I remember, you know, I would, uh, there are a lot of publishers, um, you know, some that aren't even around anymore back then who would be like. You know, like, eh, you know, like, like flip, you know, flipping through my stuff. They'd be like, ah, eh, this isn't very good. This is garbage. Oh, yeah. I had, I had a few of those, like they didn't, they barely look at it and they're like, ah, keep practicing. It's like, okay. Yeah, right. <laughs> but you know, like really early on, like Jamie Rich at Onia, he's not with Oni anymore, but, um, Jamie Rich, you know, he was the head editor at Oni back then and he like really showed interest. And so did, uh, 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 Shen Van Meter. And that kind of like, you know, gave me encouragement. I was like, okay, like Oni is the place I should focus on instead of, you know, talking to these other people who are, you know, not interested. Um, yeah, I mean, I hope I never have to do that again. <laughs> and, and what was it like when you got the, your first Turtles gig? Like, how did that come about? Um, well, my first Turtles gig was doing some covers for Mirage. Oh, um, really? Yeah, that was that Raphael miniseries, right? Yep, Bad Moon Rising. Yeah, I uh, I emailed uh, Steve Murphy just like out of the blue. I was like, like, hey, you don't know me, but I wanted. Can I do some work for Turtles? And I, you know, I sent him a bunch of stuff, and he you know, he was really nice. He was really supportive. Um, yeah, and he gave me some cover work. I did a couple uh, like frontist pieces for for Tales of the Ninja Turtles. Um, I was gonna do an issue. But then, you know, Peter 
sold the property so right. I didn't get to do it. I was going to say, um, I, I got every issue of Volume 4 of Turtles. I had no idea about this Raphael series. I'm just looking at it now on the old Mirage yeah, website. It was a, a mini series. I can't... <sighs> wow. Jim, uh, yeah, Jim Lawson drew it. I yep. cannot remember who wrote it. Uh, Bill if... Molage? Right. Molage? I, I don't know who he is. There's so <laughs> many of these books in the Turtleverse where like... They're just these blips in time. And like you either got it or you didn't. And if you didn't, yeah, tough. Like you just, there's so many of these books that I want to get my hands on, but they're so incredibly hard to find. It's interesting looking at these covers that you did also because I I mean, it's, it's, it's very different than the way you're drawing turtles uh, for IDW. Yeah, I mean that was a long. That was you know two thousand seven or something like hey, that. Hey, I have an ago. insider question for you. <laughs> okay, you'll appreciate this. So, so Jim Lawson, whom I love, I have a, a piece of art of his that is tucked away, ready to be framed. The, he too. drew he drew the uh, original um, Return to New York arc, right? Yeah, You're, like issues nineteen, twenty, twenty one. Yeah. And something happened where like that style. I don't know if it's just the passage of time and the evolution of an artist. But he draws so much differently for Turtles Volume Four than he did. Yeah, it's very that, different. Like, does that? It it doesn't bother me, but it always just struck me as really weird. And I don't think I've ever actually talked to anyone about it. This is like my little Turtles therapy session. Yeah, right he, he's almost two different artists in yeah. that sense with the Turtles. I don't know. I just wanted um, to bring that up. It, <laughs> yeah, no, it it just it just happens. I mean, like I've had you know like major style shifts over the years. You know. Um, some you know some fans would hate it and they'd be like, "What the fuck are you doing? Um, draw how you used to draw." Uh, <laughs> it's think, like telling a band like, "Just play your old songs." That's got to be yeah, frustrating, right? right. <laughs> yeah, it's very very frustrating. But yeah, I think I think with Jim, he just you know found he found like a a, a specific style that he liked. And you know it worked out. I mean, it's it's maybe it so like, recognizable now too. Yeah, like, it's very it's, recognizable. You can't like you'd have to be I don't know some form of unintelligent to not pick out a Jim Lawson drawing <laughs> these days. Like he's the only person that draws like that. Yeah, definitely. Um, speaking of tangents, uh, <laughs> so the other <laughs> thing I wanted to ask you, and I'm I'm sure everyone else has more questions. So guys, tell me to shut up if at any point you need me to. I'm happy to. I I don't like telling you to shut up. Oh, well, you can ask politely. Well, I, still if you'd like. to, I still have to tell you the dark horse story. Oh yeah, yes. tell us the dark horse story. Do that first. Go for that. Uh, all right, all right, all right. So <laughs> if you dare. So at, uh, so after um you know it's I liked I like telling the story because it it kind of sets the record straight because there was so much misinformation at the time about it. Um, so what happened was, uh, it was after, God, it was like 2010, like the end of 2010. It was like the year after Viacom had gotten Turtles. And, you know, there were all these publishers like, oh, we want to do Turtles comics. So Dark Horse contacted me and they were like, hey, do you want to like, you know, head up this new Turtles comic that we're, you know, trying to get, we're trying to get the license. And I was just like, hell yeah. And, you know, I thought it was going to be like, cause like, you know, financially 2010 was not a great year for me. So I was like, <laughs> God, this is exactly what I need. I need Turtles. This is like a shot in the arm that I need. 
And, you know, then it, we, we did like, I never did any art for it. We never got that far. Oh man. It fell through and IDW got the license. So, um, what happened was how it like came, like went public or whatever is around that same time, like, you know, like a couple of years before that I was doing, I had a live journal and I would do daily sketches on my live journal and oh, I did a whole bunch. Yes. I love live journal. And there was, you know, I did a whole bunch of turtle stuff and around that same time that the dark horse thing fell through, I had just gotten into Tumblr and I was kind of like reposting Aha. all this older art that I had done. And I was going through all the turtles daily sketches. And in one of the posts I mentioned, I was like, Oh yeah. Like, you know, there was this thing for dark horse. Like I, I probably shouldn't say, cause it was a secret. But there's this thing for Dark Horse, da 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 <laughs> And some, I don't remember who the first news outlet was that picked it up. But they took all my daily live journal sketches and used them in their article saying that it was concept art for the Dark Horse Turtles that never was. Oh. Uh-oh. Yeah, you see, that's the story that I heard. Now I feel like. Exactly. And they, they even used, like, some of the Bad Moon Rising stuff, and they were, like, unpublished Dark Horse Turtles art. And I was like, that's published art for a different company. And it, it, it was, like, you know, yeah, I think it was Newsarama or something that did it. And, you know, I, I went to them. I was just like, you have to take this down immediately or, you know, like issue a correction or something. But, you know, it's like stuff, stuff moves so fast. So then all these other outlets picked it up, Ugh. right? Picked up this false oh, story. Man. Dark Horse was, you know, they contacted me and they're like, hey, what's this thing that that is going around this story? It makes us look bad because we, you know, it makes us look like we lost the license because we weren't good enough, blah, blah, blah. And yeah, so I got in trouble with Dark Horse. Um, A Dark Horse at Dark Horse. (laughs) Yes. And I have never, I have never worked for Dark Horse since. Oh, that's a bummer. But you did get to work on Turtles, so... That's fine. It's It's like getting to play baseball on the 1927 Yankees. Like, for a turtle, I don't know. Fa- I don't know that that was the Babe Ruth team. I, that's like the only sports analogy yeah. I know how to make. So, <laughs> but like, or or like, uh, I don't know. Athletes could be. Bad. It's it's like you're you're suddenly like, oh hey, you're at a, your favorite band's show, and the drummer breaks his leg, and they're like, is there anyone that's a drummer? And you're like, wait, I'm a drummer, <laughs> <laughs> which is my fantasy all the time at every show I go to. But that's like <laughs> Dave like, Grohl's like, Scott, I need your help. It's exactly like that. And now to do this like massive like contribution to the canon, like this is you've got to be on a high like no other right now. Like uh, knowing that you're I helping. Know if it's, uh, I don't know if it's a high really. I mean, <laughs> well, what does know. it feel like? How does it feel knowing that you're helping to design the the aesthetic look of this character, and you're gonna have a big part in sort of defining this the the characterization of of this you know soon to be fully fleshed out creation i think i don't know i feel like like yeah i've i've never you know i mean i've done like some writing on turtles but i've never done anything of like this level or whatever this magnitude um but 
and like like I'm excited, but I feel like I don't know. I'm not I'm not like jumping for joy like you would think. Like hmm. maybe it's just because it's kind of like it's kind of old hat for me at this point. Like I've been doing it for so long. Uh-huh. It is. It's a job. You know, it it is work. Like it's a job, and you know, I think a lot about like <clears throat> like. Uh, like how am I going to draw like this thing? You know, like, Oh, I wonder if I can get this one stupid idea of mine, you know, past approval process and garbage plate. Yeah. Like, right. <laughs> like that's, the, that's the kind of stuff I think about more. It's just like, okay, like how am I going to pull this together and have it be something I'm like even partly happy with, I guess. Do, do you um, get a chance to sit back and like, reflect on the work that you've done and sort of like enjoy it or is it are you constantly sort of moving forward um yeah it's i move yeah it's pretty much you know it's like you're a shark like you can't stop (laughs) well it's like the turtles storyline itself it just keeps going and going and going and going and going (laughs) right yeah and yeah like after i do something like if you know i'll get like comp copies like i heard i hardly ever look at them like to see the print actual printed work that I do. I don't, I don't really, yeah. Like I don't really look at it that much. It's just kind of like, all right, it's, it's done. Like, okay, on to the next thing. Are you, are you happy with the, the response in the fan community so far? Like from what I've seen on, on my limited interaction on social media, Jenica seems to already, even the concept art seems to be a, a big hit. Um, and I've seen fan art about it. I saw someone taking an old like '87 action figure and repainting it to look like Jenica. <laughs> oh, oh, that's cool. Yeah. Like, yeah. how does that's how does that make you feel? Yeah, th- that's definitely amazing. And I feel like um, I feel like the initial the initial excitement, not you know, like the like unveiling of Jenica, and because like you know, it happened like within like a few days of each other, I think like, and then, you know, like they released the Jenica stuff. Then like the following week they were like, Hey, you know, Sophie's taking over the series. So it was just like this one, two punch. Um, and that was pretty amazing. Cause like, yeah, there's tons of support and this all I was, I was Googling. I wasn't even Googling like Jenica. Like I was trying to find something for research for like the story outline for the um, uh, you know that I'm working on for the series and I just stumbled across all this Jenica fan art and I was just like I was like whoa there's like a ton of fan art like that I, like I that like used to be you stuff. that's gotta be so cool though like yeah, that was that was you when you were a kid you know that was the me when I was a kid was too. hungry like, for what you were serving I got there was a guy who who's like six-year-old daughter like dressed up as jenica for some ninja turtles function thing or something so that was really amazing oh that's that's fast Um, (laughs) yeah yeah you know like like apparently it's like a thing that their family does and then you know his daughter she like found out like oh there's a there's a girl turtle who wears yellow like i want to dress up as her instead of michelangelo or whatever you know, I think, <laughs> yeah, I, so that was really cool. So I, I have to ask the question: um, How much, if any, was the whole Venus de Milo situation weighing on this creative team when the idea of 
you know, female turtle first got thrown out um, there? I don't remember Tom and I ever discussing Venus. I don't know if Tom and Bobby did or if it, you know, if she came up in like their meetings or whatever, but um, for me, like, yeah, I don't, I don't remember her ever being a thing. That's probably um, for the best. <laughs> I mean, like, uh, excuse me, like, I don't know. I mean, she, she was why I wanted, you know, my, my fan character, uh, Artemisia in my fan comic. I was like, I, I feel like this idea like it's almost like a challenge like okay how can i take this take venus or just like the concept or whatever like a thing that like everybody hates like even peter Laird just like fucking hates it <laughs> um, like how can i take that and make it work like how do i make how like would i make venus like integrated into the group and make her feel like she's actually a ninja turtle that is on the same level as the other characters and like without being forced like, shoot in there right without like you know because like her i don't think uh i don't think her like kind of like retcon like ooh, there were five turtles all along and they didn't realize it i don't think that's like that bad um but just you know she felt too different from the other turtles like ooh, she has magic like ooh, she's not a she's not a ninja. She's like a like a, like a wizard, <laughs> or something like wizard kung a kung fu wizard. And they went they they went way too out of their way to make her sexy, yeah. which I've always hated. Yeah, I mean, like at least they didn't give her like red lips and eyelashes, I guess. But <laughs> yeah. yeah, like like the the shell boobs is weird, right? Because why would she have that? She's the a turtle bandana braided bandana the fact that like her color is blue but leonardo's already blue like yeah (laughs) it's like yeah there are different shades of blue but like you couldn't come up and then then, there's other colors she could have she could have been white she could have had a white mask or you know yellow or uh like a, a a lighter color like a lighter shade of green a whiter uh, shade of pale. Yeah, <laughs> something. I don't know. But yeah, she just, she didn't feel like the other characters. And. Uh, I mean, yeah, judging, to, judging from what I've seen, and I don't know, maybe you guys can back me up on this. It seems like you have sort of pulled off the inevitable upset. You have sort of replaced uh, this, you know, well-intentioned, but ultimately poorly executed idea of Venus to Milo with something much more substantial and exciting. And everyone's like really stoked to see what's going to happen coming up with, with this turtle and you know, the, the universe that you're going to be playing around in general. Yeah, definitely. Like, um, and I think, Oh, like, uh, like, like one of my biggest problems with Venus is that she's named after like an object rather than an artist. Oh um, yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. And that's the problem with with uh, uh Mona Lisa too. It's just like you guys you couldn't come up with like there's a <laughs> lot of lady artists in the Renaissance. <laughs> there's plenty of them. 
you know? But yeah, yeah, just, and this, the Venus de Milo statue, like, it's not even a Renaissance statue. It's like from ancient Greece or something. Yeah. <laughs> it like has nothing. It's like vaguely like art related. And they're like, yeah. Venus it was important to the painters, but they didn't make it. Yeah. So it just doesn't work for me. And um, which is, you know, why, which is like another reason I wanted to create Artemisia. Cause like, you know, she's named after like a famous like Italian artist right and who's a woman um and there were a lot of fans who were like who seemed a, a little ticked off that like jenica didn't have like a like a renaissance artist name that she <laughs> that she's not going to like suddenly adopt a rena- like an italian renaissance artist name but I mean, it you just know, doesn't. It, it doesn't make sense in her story, though. Right. It doesn't make sense, and it, at least she's not named after an object, mm. which is like huge for me. I think. <laughs> um, Rachel, we've once again done that thing where we've conducted f- an hour of an interview, and and y- you haven't said much. So, is there anything that you're? <laughs> we have a bad habit of this. Rachel's no, it's a all very right. Good, I, I'm she's sort a great of along. <laughs> I'm sort of along for the ride on this one because I, I'm Damn. not really. I don't really read comic books that much anymore, but I was going through your Tumblr. Uh-oh. And I, no, I, <laughs> no I, one wants to hear that in an interview. It's like the I worst love, thing you could say to someone. I was going through your Tumblr. No, I was just sitting here listening, looking at the art on Tumblr, and I love your concept art for Razar. Oh, Razar. yeah, I love He's him. He's got these adorable floppy ears, <laughs> and he has a tennis ball and a little bowl of food, and I, I think he's adorable, and I love him. Thanks. That was yeah. That's the that's Razar in my fan comic. Yeah, oh. he's great. All the characters have those little kind of like bio sheets or whatever. Yeah, I Can like we- I, I I love that he has a tennis ball because he's a dog. Why wouldn't he have a tennis ball? <laughs> yeah. Okay, I'm on your Tumblr now too. Just full disclosure. Um, <laughs> can we talk about your your fan comic? Seeing as our our podcast is sort of in the heat of Secret of the Ooze right now, um, like give us give us the the sales pitch. So people oh, who might want to go check, like, is it available? Can we check it out? Yeah, it's on Tumblr. Okay, just it. give us give us the elevator pitch. What's oh, your take boy. on this one? Okay, it's a retelling of Secret of the Ooze, uh, called Secrets of the Ooze, plural. Mm. Um, and it die. It goes much deeper. The turtles. I, I there's this like insane like backstory to their origin that I haven't gotten to in the comic yet, but there's time travel. There's, um, there are elements, (laughs) there are elements from the turtles RPG. Um, because, Oh God, this is like the worst elevator pitch. (laughs) (laughs) It's because we're not in an elevator. We're like in a 90 story building. Take your time. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Basically. Yeah. It's just like, uh, it's like a retelling of, of Secret of the Use, how I would do it, and expanding on the ideas and themes that were in the movie, but perhaps not fully utilized. So it borrows a lot from the film. It's not like yeah. a, it doesn't subvert the film. It's not like an no. instead of, it's more of like a, just an alternate take. Right, yeah, like, okay. yeah, like, you know, Toka and Raza are in it. Um, Toka hasn't shown up yet, but, you know, it picks up 
after the first movie, like Shredder, he gets out of the, you know, he's been crushed by the trash compactor. Like his, you know, his, he has like, like part, like some of his limbs are missing. He's all deformed. Does he need a brace? Uh, he, he's in a wheelchair because he's, <laughs> oh, been, man. he's been, he's been crushed by the trash compactor. Oh my God. Um, you would love our podcast so much. Yeah. We, we have a running theory. Um, <laughs> The actor uh, Francois Chow, who played um, the Shredder, was we actually had him on the show. We had we did an interview with him, and he was talking about how he he didn't get to do much in this role, but just yeah. stand there. And then the more the more we get through this movie, it's like I think he's just being propped up because he was paralyzed. Like yeah. he's just standing perfectly still. <laughs> like his yeah, costume's that's... a little puffier, and we thought like maybe he's got like you know medical equipment under there to keep him together. <laughs> Yeah. Well, that was kind of why I, 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 you know, I had him like so maimed or whatever, because like in the movie, like in the first movie, he's this like incredible fighter. The turtles can't even beat him. But then in the second movie, yeah, he just stands there. doesn't do anything. Yeah, yeah. I think we've counted. I and, think he's taken six steps in the first 75 minutes of the right, film. <laughs> right. And so, you know, I, I thought like, well, what if he's too mangled to fight? And so he's got to create these mutants or whatever to you know, fight for him. So I gave uh, Toka and Raza, and he also makes uh, Koya, who's from the IDW series. She's a falcon. And they all have, like, parts of his armor, the shutter armor, oh, on, like, on them. Because, so cool. Because he can't use it anymore. So it's like, they're like his arms and legs, you know. Um, it's and, like yeah, the, it's I, almost like your version I, of the elite foot. Yeah, kind mutants. of. Right, except they're mutants, and um, yeah. So I and the movie, you know, like like you guys are in the middle of it, but so in the movie there was a scene that was deleted where Jordan Perry, the the TGRI guy, was revealed to be an alien, and it was oh. deleted because um, in the Mirage comics, the you know the the Utrams, they look like Krang. Like that's where Krang yeah, is based. Right. And so they, they took it out because they were like, uh, you know, people are going to think it's Krang. Now they took that out in scripting. They never shot that, right? I, I don't, I don't know. Cause we've, we've talked about that a little bit. Like, you know, like the concept of like his lab, how there was this ridiculous pyramid thing with the pipes and what looked like a golden brain. And it's just like, yeah, we were we were designing all this crank stuff, but uh, let's just use what we got. Yeah, and like even so, like Mikkel, we talked to Michel and uh, Michelle and Sisti, and we talked to Robbie Rist, and like they had no idea about the whole you oh, know, wow. Utram. So th- we're trying to figure yeah. out exactly when that change was made, but we do discuss it a little bit. Continue, yeah. sorry. But anyway, so when when I found out about that, when you, when I rewatched the movie, like when you watch it with that in mind that Jordan Perry is an alien. Like everything makes sense all of a sudden. Like everything comes together. Yeah. And cause like, you know, he there's all this dialogue that suggests that he's an alien too. He's just like, well, you know, the best place to hide is right on in plain sight. Da, 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 yeah. And stuff like that. And I was just like, yeah, like I wish I wish that they expanded on that. And 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 like even the turtles do that. Like everybody makes fun of the vanilla ice scene, right? Yeah. But that's like <laughs> we just did that one. We just made fun of that. <laughs> right. That that's the turtles. That's the turtles' greatest 
act of ninjutsu in the series because they hide in plain sight <laughs> and nobody realizes what's going on. Let and it's like, I'm like, yes, it's like, yeah, right, yeah, exactly. And they make it work and they leave without being found out and like their secret is safe. And like, that's what it, that's like the same thing that Jordan Perry was doing. And I just like started getting all these ideas. I'm like, yes, like everything in this movie is like tied together. Yeah. It's just not fully utilized. That really really fits with why like he, you know, uh, Perry is so cool about being tied up and taken prisoner and he doesn't care. Like our, our sort of like, you know, the sort of the, the fan wank that we came up with is just that he's like, he realizes that he's been kidnapped by the PG crime gang of New York. But but if he's an alien who who is you know above the fray, it, it makes a lot more sense. Right. Well, yeah. And just the, I don't know. Just the way he acts, like I don't know. Yeah. It just it really comes together for me. There's another thing we noticed as long as we're on the subject of turtles too. In in some of the, the last minutes that we just recorded before doing this interview, there's a scene in the in the in the Dock Shore Club where Kino kicks the ooze canister out of Shredder's hand and it goes flipping through the air and then Perry runs over and scoops it off and runs off scene. Um, And we haven't seen this movie in a while, but I'm, I'm pretty sure that's the last time he's on screen in the film. And and he just stole the ooze and left with it. And that's just left hanging. And I never noticed that before in my life. He goes back to his home planet. Yeah. He goes back to his home planet. Cause like at the end they're like, yeah, TGRI is gone. Like they've all packed up and left. This is like, where the fuck did they go? And <laughs> yeah, talk um, about oh, a, a freaking cliffhanger! Like that's yeah, that's a like, 20, 30 year cliffhanger <laughs> that I just realized another, I've been waiting for. And like another thing that plays into that is the whole. There's like that subplot that just kind of disappears where Donatello, like he's upset because he, fi- <laughs> yeah. he finds out he finds out that the ooze is just like ah, it's just like some waste product. It's nothing. And Donatello's yeah. like, I always thought we would be special, blah, 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 blah. And there's this whole thing, and then it doesn't go anywhere. It just, like, ends, yeah. and he's fine. He has then, one like, fit of angsty, and then he's, right. it's, it's like, then never talked about it's again. It's like, you know, when I found out about the alien thing, I'm like, no, he is special. It all <laughs> <Yeah>. makes sense. <sighs> Maybe that's yeah. what Michael Bay was trying to get at with the whole they're aliens thing. Hmm. And then everybody was like, no! <laughs> Everyone collectively was just like... <laughs> <laughs> freak out i don't know was that ever real though because like, I, I, so. I read that script i don't know I, if it's i think again it was like meant to poke at like the utroms the ooze that kind of thing like it was alien origin they're not actually aliens which or is, he was just being a dad about it and like what they're like aliens right yeah that's not also entirely, <laughs> maybe i'm giving him too much credit i don't well, know i mean did you guys read that script i i didn't i barely wanted to see the yeah, movie like the turtles they're <laughs> They're literally aliens in the oh. original script. All right. I there's stand a whole, corrected. They, they go to the alien dimension. There's a whole race of turtle warriors. Uh, oh. Yeah. Shredder's not wow. even in it. He's a dude called Colonel Schrader. Oh, <laughs> you mean yeah, it Michael, could have been worse? So he's German. Michelangelo gets like, he gets like a, an alien turtle girlfriend at the end. And it's <laughs> terrible. Awesome. Oh, that's that's bad. <laughs> all right, yeah. I I have a couple of lingering questions after all this, but I want to let everyone else get theirs in first. You've been incredibly right. gracious to sit with us for this long. We really appreciate it, Sophie. Yeah, no problem. Um, anyone else? Final questions, sort of wrap up questions. 
<laughs> I just wanted to ask, um, is, is there anything uh, non-Turtles related that, like, like is, is there a project you're super, super proud of um, that you would call, like, your favorite thing? And on top of that, is there anything you're dying to do outside of Turtles? You took my questions. Ooh. Uh, um, I was really proud of Volume 7 of my Wet Moon comic that came out late last year. Um, that was, like, a long time in the making. I got, I got nominated for an Eisner for it. Oh, wow. Nice. Congratulations. Thanks. I didn't win, but so pretty cool. Um, yes, I was really proud of that, that I finally got around to finishing that series. Um, yeah, I've been I've been uh, working my way through volume one this week. I've really been enjoying it. Oh, cool. It. Thanks. Just, you know, please excuse the old art. <laughs> <laughs> I've also really been uh, enjoying uh, your run on Gem and the Holograms. Like I, I never, I never got around to it, and I finally I grabbed a couple issues on Comicsology, and I've been really enjoying it. Cool. I just picked that up today as well. Awesome. Um, second part of that question though, like, is there something you're dying to work on? Like my own, my own stuff, or like licensed anything, licensed, licensed stuff. stuff. Like, what's what's the like thing that would get you most excited? Um, I would love to do a Gamera comic. Mm. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Gamera is the is the only thing that I like more than turtles. <laughs> well, he is a turtle, so yeah, he is a turtle. Very on brand. Um, yeah, <laughs> it's true. I don't even like turtles in real life. I don't know why I like all these fictional turtles. <laughs> well, Ninja Turtles are nothing like actual turtles. They don't know, smell bad. Like, They're not slimy. Real. Like, yeah, real turtles are gross. <laughs> Chris, stop. What, the, what is that? What is All that right, noise? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Is, okay, so this, you that? know what? I'm going to use this as a segue. That's Chris's impression of a turtle having sex. Because uh, if you've ever watched, there's a whole slew yes. of videos. There are that, adorable videos of turtles like trying to have sex with shoes. This took a dark turn. It yeah, did. So It's adorable. <laughs> if I'm you gonna, say so. Yeah, it's It's gross. disgusting. It's disgusting and let us... Never mention it again. So, thank you. Right. Along with things that you may never wish to mention again, I, I have to pose this question because it's one that literally stumped me today. Um, I was talking to my girlfriend about how we were going to interview you, and she, you know, we we're talking about, you know, she's not a comic book reader, she's not a Ninja Turtle fan. So, explaining to my girlfriend, uh, you know, the the Jenica and the how it's you know such an important move for Ninja Turtles, and it's like this brand new character created by you, this female turtle, and she asked me a question, and I have, honest to God, never thought of it ever. This better not. This better not be turtle sex organ related. It's okay, only a little bit, but not specific. It's not. It's not gratuitous. She asked me. She so she asked. She said, and I, again, you don't have to answer. But I've I've literally never thought about it, and it's the first time I ever did. She, she phrased it in a way of like, how do the turtles continue? their lineage if you know huh? they're all guys like i've never once thought about huh? like any of the turtles having well, kids okay and my only question is now that we have you know uh, biologically this uh -oh. thing uh, i'm not saying it should happen but like uh, I, I, I don't even know what i'm saying but it just it stumped me so much that i had to bring it up like it's Didn't never well, even been a thought before in my brain. And all of a sudden, I'm now gonna, it was like, it's possible. 
I'm going to I'm going to tackle this in a few different parts. Please do. Okay. Number one, you should be ashamed of yourself. <laughs> I'm, I'm willing to cop you, to that. Scott. I am absolutely willing to cop to that. Number, I am a little number, bit. Number two, this has this has been a, a story in the Mirage comics before. Uh, sons of the Sons of the Silent Age, where the turtles lament about how they're the last of their kind. I honestly, I don't um, think I've ever read that one. Was that was it later run Mirage? It's no, it was a Steve Murphy, Jim Lawson story. I, I honest, I don't think I have that one. I'll have to look for it. That, that's a classic. I will definitely look um, that up. Number three in volume four, <laughs> Michelangelo had sex with an alien dinosaur princess. Oh, cool. How did oh, I miss and- that, too? <laughs> I'm not as good a fan as I thought I was. And there were babies. Maybe I just blocked there that one or, out. Like, eggs or, there were eggs or whatever. <laughs> so, anyway, but as far as IDW is concerned, um, there's, you know, there's a, you know, people make mutants left and right. Yeah. You know, if if one of the turtles was like, God, I need to get <laughs> laid and have babies, they could I'm I'm sure I'm sure there's some lady turtle out there somewhere that they could, you know, if they were really determined, they could make it work. Life um, Life uh yeah. finds a way. Yeah. 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 Also <laughs> Look, also- I, I feel like a complete heel, I'll cop to it. I'm not even thinking of it in a sexual way. I was just it, it, I had n- I was not aware of the turtles, uh, the sons of the turtles thing, and it just it never had crossed my mind before, and it was the first time it ever did. Scott, we we need we need that sound drop from um, <laughs> uh, Stan Lee's cameo in Mallrats. Your friend needs help. He seems to be really hung up on s- uh, superhero <laughs> sex organs. I I. I okay, apologize. So, I don't intend to offend. I don't intend so, to upset. I really don't. So, I like I said, I just, first time I ever thought of it. All right. It'll be the last just, time I ever thought of it. I knew it. I knew exactly what you were gonna ask before you had even said. <laughs> I was just like, I was like, God damn it, this again. So I have to assume I'm probably not the first person who's brought it up, right? Dude. Absolutely not. It's the last I have to say about it. I'm done. Okay, well, I mean, just like re- regardless of that that aspect of your question, there is like, you know, when you're when you're like, how are they going to continue their lineage? Well, I mean, like their whole apart from the four of them who are biologically brothers from the same like hatch of turtle eggs, everything else about them is an adoptive found family. Like, oh. you know, April is like their sister, Splinter is their father, you know, Casey's like a cousin or brother, and and you know, they can continue their lineage by, you know, taking in the people that are important to them and passing along what they have to to younger people that they adopt. And you know, those children can be just as legitimate to them. As if they had hatched them from their turtling. And I, I, yes. I get it completely. My, I have adoptive members of my family. Like, I, I am all for that. I love Shadow in the ma- uh, uh, volume four. Like, I love that aspect <laughs> of the turtles family yeah, I love, is. I love Shadow. Is whatever family. It's whatever you're around. It's whoever you love is what your and, family and it's like is. The, the Mutanimals are, are, are that way, too. Like, they're a, they're a real tight knit family. Yeah. I immediately regret bringing that up. This is actually. <laughs> This, this is actually something oh, that it, Scott. I'm, I'm including in, I, mean, I can't give spoilers or anything since it's not even approved, but yeah, this is something that is in 
the story outline that I'm going to pitch to Bobby. Not not the sex part. Well, again, <laughs> I wasn't talking about the sex part specifically. I'm sorry. <laughs> Dude, Scott, Scott you're, now you're apologizing too hey, much, yeah. Scott. I'm Scott, so hey, sorry. <laughs> hey, Scott. Hey, Scott. Thanks for taking all the pressure off me for making funny shoes growing noises. <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> um, I, And I guess that leads me to my last thing. Is there, like, what is the the legacy that you're hoping to to leave with turtles like is there something you're trying to accomplish when you pick up the reins as the the head writer and the head artist on the series like do you have something that you're trying to say with these characters in this environment in this universe or is that all super top secret (laughs) yeah i don't know if i can answer that without spoilers um i don't know if i'm really concerned about my legacy so much like i just want um like i want to have fun doing it i want it to be good and i want to include characters that i've been dying to include like for however long and you know i think yeah like i just i want to make like i want to set like a really strong um foundation for Jenica, I think that's like the as specific as I can get. Um, and I just, you know, I want her to like, I want her to fit with the group. Are we gonna get like a a big like? And again, this might be this could be a, a yes, a no, or an I can't say. Is there like a, a Jenica like not necessarily a one shot, but like a big solo feature popping up where she has like like a hundred percent of the screen time? Like, does she get her her moments? Um, she yeah she will uh but so far i'm trying like to in the in the in the first story arc anyway i'm trying to like have her i'm trying to focus on how she interacts with the other turtles more Mm -hmm. than her being solo um but yeah she does have some solo stuff that she's doing and like her own goals and um I think just by the nature of her background, she has like automatically has different goals than the other turtles because she's like, wow, my life was kind of destroyed because now I'm a, you know, because I'm not a human anymore. And, Mm -hmm. you know, she's got to learn how to use those big fat three fingers. (laughs) um, The two or three toes. Right. No more more keyboards for you. Yeah. It's like, you know, she's, yeah, she has like this whole new life now, this whole new body that she has never lived in before. Chris, if um, there's one thing we've learned, it's that Ninja Turtles can play musical instruments just fine coming out of our one, shells. With one string. <laughs> one string. <laughs> one, one Was string. it you who tweeted that your entire run is just going to be an adaptation of coming out of our yes. shells? <laughs> <laughs> that made me laugh so hard. And I'm, I'm all for it. I sure hope that was a joke. Kind of really uh, want to see it. It's the adaptation that nobody's done yet. So I know it's true. That'd be cool. We actually, what was the hypothesis in we had was uh, the coming out of our shells tour was just vanilla, like in universe, it's vanilla ice's version of what he saw that night at the dock shore club in turtles Two. Yeah. He's like, I'm going to put this on stage. (laughs) This is exactly how it happened. I need to milk this for all it's worth. Um, (laughs) I have, I have two more questions. One is silly right. and one is uh, less silly. Uh, who does Jenica sound like in your head? 
man. Actually, so yeah, somebody else asked me this recently. Huh. Um, I'm going to say... I'm going to say AJ Machalka. Okay. All right. I like that answer. Yeah. Last. Yeah. Um, last question. Most important question. We ask every single guest. Okay. I guess this is two questions. Which <laughs> turtle do you most identify with? Or which turtle's character do you most identify with? And also, what's your favorite pizza topping? Oh, man. Um, I feel like. I feel like I feel like probably Leonardo for the first question. Okay. I feel like um, I always kind of waffle between Leo and Raph, but I feel like as I get older, I relate more to Leo because, like, you know, I'm just not that ticked off anymore. <laughs> yeah. I think we all get like that around, yeah. you know, thirty something. Yeah. um yeah so and i feel like i feel like leo he he has like more going on with like uh not that like raf kind of interacts with the outside world more than leo does you know like i think leo at least in the current series is like he's the only one who doesn't have like a friend you know like Donatello's got like Harold and Fugitoid and Mikey's got the like Slash and the Mutanimals and stuff. Um, Raph has the Mutanimals too. He's got Casey and you know, uh, he's got, he's got Alopex and Pepperoni, but like Leo, he doesn't have anybody. And, but I feel like, I feel like Leo is more like, uh, how do I, like, how do I exist in this world? (laughs) like rather than raf and so i feel i feel like i relate like more to that all right good answer i like that one all right now the big one favorite pizza topping um i kind of just like i kind of just like plain old cheese pizza with or like four cheese pizza there is nothing wrong with that i love a four cheese pizza i like i like onions on it that's good um yeah i think you know I, i just like it when it's simple all right, Robbie. Robbie Riss was saying that, like, uh, what's how could you go wrong with just cheese sauce and bread? Yeah, like it's already perfect. It's true. All right. Well, unless anyone has any further questions, anybody else want to put their foot in their mouth? Just me. <laughs> just <laughs> you, Scott. I'm good. You just keep eating that foot. You you wear the crown. In I that got department. it on this one. Thank you. Well, Sophie. <laughs> <laughs> Sophie, uh, we are all incredibly excited to see what you do with with Turtles Hundred and Beyond. We are big fans of Jenica already. We're big fans of the artwork. I want to thank you for taking the time to come on our show. Hopefully, you found it enjoyable. <laughs> and, yeah, uh, it was fun. All right, and uh, you know, we'll we'll be following you along. Maybe in a year's time, we'll ask you to come back and and uh, reflect on how things have gone. Yeah, definitely. Thanks for having me. All and right, ladies and gentlemen. And that I don't screw it up. <laughs> <laughs> We're all counting on you. I feel very happy that the franchise is in the hands of a fan. And I think that only yeah. good things c- can come from that because it comes from a I place of love. That. So thank you so much, Sophie Campbell. Everybody, Sophie Campbell, one more time. <laughs> Thanks, you guys. Thank you.